Hey everyone, this is usually the time I tell you about our email newsletter, but I wanted to talk to you about something else. As of January 2023, It's All Journalism is hosted on Spotify's Megaphone platform, so you can subscribe to our podcast there, or you can continue subscribing, listening, or download new episodes of our podcast at Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Audible, or just about anywhere you can find podcasts. But wherever you find us, please subscribe so you won't miss an episode and like and share us on your social media. And now, this week's episode. So when we say every company is a media company, we mean every company that operates a blog. There is so much potential there for them to create a newsroom in order to educate their audience about what they do. I've seen very smart journalists bristle when someone uses the word content to describe their work. But when newsrooms focus so much on delivering their stories to the right audience as soon as possible, it's easy to view that process as us just selling and delivering a widget rather than reporting the news. I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. Alex Pan is one of the founders of StoryPress, a new publishing platform from Australia that's being hailed as the alternative WordPress that's designed for publications and media sort of the love child of Squarespace, Trello, Google Docs, and Substack. Alex, welcome to It's All Journalism. Hey, Michael. Thank you so much for having me on. As we determined uh, before we turn on the mics, you're actually not in Australia, but you're in Taiwan traveling <laughs> through Asia, I guess. So you're our yeah. first guest calling in from Taiwan, which I guess is a, is a great accomplishment, but it shows that you're a world traveler. So anywho, <laughs> why do we need an alternative to WordPress? What's wrong with WordPress? So basically, like the, the idea for WordPress came to me when I saw a bunch of enterprise publishing companies working in agency land. And the cost to create one really enterprise content website is around two to three times more than the cost of creating an e-commerce website. Like, why is that the case, right? E-commerce, dynamic content, content, mostly static content. But still, the cost to create a content website is so, so much more. Why is that? Well, it's because the architecture and ecosystem surrounding WordPress is really old. And whilst it costs like nothing to create like a simple blog, that's basically what WordPress is built for. The media ecosystem has really moved far, far along, further than just a simple blog. Things like complex programmatic advertising, pre-bid, Google publisher tags, like support from multi-person workflows, optimizing for site speed. All of these this above, it's all possible in WordPress, but it's very very expensive and that's because one company called shopify has been spending the last 20 years developing beautiful tooling for developers for e-commerce vendors to create an e-commerce store really easily really cheaply whereas there's been no similar investment on the media company side and we just seek to bring that over to the media consumer our website is built on a wordpress site you know i built it 10 years ago because i knew how to do wordpress and, you know, I guess one of the things that gets to be kind of, I don't know, annoying is, you know, you're, you're up, constantly updating your plugins. And, you know, if you have an old version of a particular theme or whatever, you know, that can create problems of what you're able to bring in. So you know, you're describing this as a, an e-commerce sort of approach or platform. How is it sort of different beyond just... WordPress sort of giving you a blog that's broken up with plugins. 
So we see like media content as more than just, let's say, creating content and putting it online. There's like so, so much more that goes behind that. As you well know, you've been working journalism for like 30 to 40 years. If you've ever worked in a newsroom, let's say 30 people, you'll know that every single journalist is always complaining about their workload. I mean, that's another component that WordPress really doesn't solve for. One article in a big publication maybe goes through 80 steps before going from idea all the way to it actually hitting a user's eyeballs. Now, why is that the case, right? 80 steps, that's nuts. If we had an integrated workload solution in the CMS, we can bring that 80 steps down all the way down to 30 to 40. <laughs> and by bringing it down to 30 and 40, you're effectively making your job twice as efficient. So it's not just getting content and bringing it up line. There's a whole content production side of it things as well. And then there's the whole developer side of things as well. Like, what's your favorite publication that you've seen so far? Like your favorite theme rebrand? You mean um, from a, like a print? To a digital um, publication. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> to <a digital> publication. <laughs> That's a good question because I don't spend a lot of time looking at other websites. I mean, certainly the Post I like, you know, the New York Times, which makes me sound like a, a wonk. But it's much sm smaller sites, they're very blog-like that I like. Axios has, has become more of a, a newsletter-type website. So real simple. I think we're getting into it, you know, a place where readers, our audience, want a more simple experience online. I agree with you. But you, see, you, so you say people want a more experience, a more simple experience. But every single one of those mastheads, so Washington Post, New York Times, of course, these are big bars. You wouldn't be surprised that their cost, enterprise software costs, reaches in the tens of millions. But even Axios, they run on a platform called Rebel Mouse. And that CMS alone costs upwards of $100,000 a year per month to run. Right? So even Axios, with their extremely beautiful, simple layout, there's a lot of tiny things that you don't realize as a user. For example, the really fast load speeds, the really snappy infinite scroll, that's actually really complex to integrate from a technological perspective that makes Axios best in breed. We try to bring that Axios experience and make it accessible to the layperson, people like yourself. Okay, so... Without getting too technical, I mean, let me go back to something you were talking about before. You did mention the uh, workflow solution, and, and I did see your work, you know, your demonstration that you had, and I think that's a really smart thing, bringing that into the CMS space, being able to integrate the workflow that you already have established in your newsroom in one space. I know I've been in newsrooms where they have a a WordPress site or they have their own site where what they do is, you know, somebody will post a story in that story, then they send an email to somebody and oh, or a Slack message and then they go in. But there's no way to sort of, you know, outside of going into looking at the CMS and, and looking at what stories are in the in the files, you know, identifying which ones need to be read first or prioritized or, or moved around. So I mean certainly there's there's a place for improving workflow. So are, are you specifically pitching for newsrooms that are specifically working on WordPress or is it just, this is a, a solution where you can get something up online very quickly and design it to build a brand? Well, um, it's actually far more expansive than that, right? And you're going to love this as a journalist. So our whole idea around StoryPress is that every single company is a media company. And why is that the case? It's because increasingly if you just look outside of media for the moment in time what you're saying is that 
Commercial standard brands are placing a larger and larger importance on owned media. And why is that the case? You have stronger privacy laws like app GDPR, iPhone restricting that efficacy. And then the flip side, um, the audience is getting really tired of advertising on other platforms. And you've seen other companies, for example, LogRocket. There's another company in Australia called Normal. And effectively, they're media companies that monetize through physical or software subscriptions. So when we say every company is a media company, we mean every company that operates a blog. There is so much potential there for them to create a newsroom in order to educate their audience about what they do. Now, a great example of this is an Australian company called Normal. Normal effectively is a sex education platform, right? Which monetizes their sex education platform by selling female dildos. <laughs> and that's a very novel way of monetizing your media, right? Very, very novel, but it works. They're a very, very massive brand in Australia, but it illustrates the point that every company is a media company. Now, what am I trying to get to here? I'm trying to get to here is that StoryPress really doesn't only operate for newsrooms. It also plugs into shops like Shopify and allows them to run their um, media operations more efficiently. We kind of see ourselves as a media OS for every single business because every single business is increasingly content-based. Okay. So let me unpack some of those things. All websites are commerce. I understand that that perception. It's all about basically getting content online and you know, delivering what it is the audience has come for, whether it's sex toys at normal or whether it is uh, you know, the breaking news of a particular town. At the same time, there you know, many news sites actually do have a you know, subscription model like you said, but they also sell merchandise and they sell other things as well to sort of supplement what they're doing. So the way WordPress handles that is you just get a, you get a plugin, you put a store on your website and you know, that hopefully integrates with whatever particular design that you have. Yeah. I know you're describing this as for media and publications. And you're also saying that all websites are, you know, like media sites. Are there any considerations for, maybe needs that a newsroom might have or areas of usage on their on their website that might be be getting more priority compared to other ones or do you see it them all as sort of executing this the same you know the same functions but calling it something different we see let's say you're an e-commerce site once you really double down on your media strategy you eventually will sell subscriptions to your media. Let's say normal, the sex toy company I was talking about, just that. They eventually will sell subscriptions to the media. They eventually will implement some form of advertising on the media. And then at the end of the day, they've got paid subscriptions. <laughs> they've got advertising, but they also sell dildos. What's the difference between normal and a media company, right? They're the same. I think there are a lot of people that are going to listen to this podcast, and though they may be amused by the fact that you've brought up dildos twice, mm. it, they aren't selling dildos. You know, we're involved in a, a thing where we're disseminating news. I'm not saying what you're doing is is wrong for us. I'm just saying, you know, it sounds to me like, you know, you, you've come to a concept. Everything's just a commerce site. And, and yes, everything is, is us pushing sort of content. But, you know, the content we're pushing is, is stuff that needs to be you know, reported and verified, you know, maybe we have a paywall, maybe we don't have a paywall. And from your perspective, that might be, we're just 
pushing another form of dildo, but we're not. We're actually <laughs> uh, producing content. So, you know, when you get down to the granular level, it's we're all pushing out a product. So I guess the meat of the question that I wanted to ask was, so you see no difference between or any special needs that a media outlet might have that a sex toy business might not have? Of course. Like, I, obviously, I was very going very, very high level when I talked about normal and other types of business compared to journalism. journalism hardcore journalism still has very, very unique needs that we cater for. And we specialize for things like embargo management, things like multi-step editorial review, things like advertising integrations, obviously, things like editorial planning, editorial sprint plans. It's just that we see journalists as so far ahead of what other companies like Normal are doing and other companies like Normal will eventually play catch up to where the journalists are. So what we're doing is that we're scanning to where the puck is. We see journalists as over here, we build the tools for you as a number one customer. And then we kind of talked about the other e-commerce vendors like normal, because we know that they will love the tools journalists use as well. Does that sort of make sense? The day-to-day concerns of a, of a digital journalist in their website is very easily be able to you know, file their stories, set up a system that's quick and efficient for us to edit and post, integrate multimedia, integrate and build maybe different forms of uh, graphics to present data. And those are all functions that you're able to provide. Yes, yes. Those are all first-class citizens in what we do. We have no-code tooling that allows every journalist to be basically be their own version of the New York Times. We literally democratize the tools the New York Times have spent hundreds of millions of dollars on building their own, and then we give it away to every journalist in the world for $16 a month. Okay. So, you know, if I have a data set that I need to, you know, turn into a very simple graph, or if I want to do something that's even more complicated where I could, you know, lay it on a map so that windows come out and show me what the crimes are in a particular neighborhood or, you know, what other issues are going on, that's something I can build in this environment? Or is it more, I build that a separate of, and then I import? Yep. So you build it separately outside of StoryPress, and then you integrate it within StoryPress. But the key to StoryPress that makes us different from WordPress is that it's literally two steps. You grab the link, and you paste it, and StoryPress will automatically convert that link format into something far more presentable. It's really something that you need to experience firsthand to really understand how amazing this feature is. Okay. I know that, like... When everybody began moving to digital way back when, the idea was everybody had to have their own different website. And then people began to understand, well, WordPress gave people an advantage that a lot of people could use very easily. It was much more adaptable. And if you ended up spending lots and lots of money on a a sort of standalone, this is our one website, you know, if you don't have things that, you know, in a few years to support it, then you're spending money maybe that you don't need to spend to keep this website running that really would be much cheaper done on on WordPress. So now we're kind of at a point, you know, a lot of newsrooms are now on WordPress or some other platform. And, you know, I hear you coming on, you're saying this is something that I want to do. I got a WordPress site. How can I, you know, integrate it or move it over to migrate, actually is the word, to uh, what you guys are doing? Oh, yeah, definitely. It really depends how would someone move from their website to StoryPress? 
Yeah, I've got a weekly paper I've been doing for, you know, 10 years and on a WordPress site, and I've got thousands and thousands of posts and and photos, and I don't like my integration on, on WordPress. How do I, you know, how difficult is it going to be me for me to translate that over to your system? We actually have a bunch of open source plugins. There's two ways to do this, actually. There's one open source WordPress plugin, which you can use, and it'll transfer everything across in two clicks. You could literally do it in, let's say, 10 minutes. Or if you're using like a proprietary stack, something like Substack, Beehive, Medium, Patreon, we offer what we call a web scraper utility where you select your content in your page and a little bot in the cloud comes over and scrapes all your content and imports it into StoryPress. So the migration piece is something that we're really proud to have solved. We can migrate maybe, let's say, hundreds of publishers onto the platform every single day. Let's say you have like a really complex setup. It's like WordPress plugin doesn't work. The table do it, right? <laughs> I've got a podcast site. And the same thing works for other forms of media. If I've got a, you know, if I'm creating video online or if I'm creating audio online, it's, it's just sort of the same thing. Yeah, definitely. It's all the same thing, basically. Either the team helps you out or use one of the plugins, which integrates everything. Oh, okay. So do you have like a native media player for video and audio? Or yeah, is that something that, again, sort of, okay, I'm just checking things. <laughs> I'm going down my list. Yeah. Somebody might have a, have a podcast site. They may want to move over somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Well, cool. This is kind of fascinating. Where did you, I mean, tell me a little bit about your background. You know, what other business have you worked on as far as in this space? I came into this while still at university. So a little bit about me. I grew up in New Zealand and I was always, always madly obsessed about the media. Like I remember one of my earliest high school memories, the MD of Sartre and Sartre, big advertising agency, came over to high school and told everyone, everyone should go into advertising, everyone should go into media. And from that moment on, eight-year-old Alex, I was sold. So basically when I was around 16 or 17, I dropped out of high school and I studied media at university. And during university, absolutely loved I absolutely loved studying media. However, I learned one big thing that all journalists eventually learn. It's just that you do, there's not a lot of money in media. So I did what any other kid with good grades did, and I transferred into law and media. But what I realized is that I bloody, bloody hated law. And whenever you do something you really love, you always go back to what you love. Right? You really hate. You always go back to what you love, right? Have you ever worked a job that you hated? Yes, I've had a couple, but it was more of the place and less of the job itself. But anyway, go. Yeah, I'm exactly. You're, you, in that way. Yeah, you always try to fill your time with whatever you want, love doing, right? And what, what did you fill your time doing that job you hated? Doing the job that I hated, punching a clock, as it were, and just <laughs> looking to the end of the day. That was yeah. the jobs that I hated are few and far between, but the ones that I disliked more had to do with. Again, the place I was and less to do with the actual work. I would just put my nose down and do what I was supposed to do. So I don't know if it makes, makes me different than you, but tell me, you moved from law into what? So, yes, yeah, so basically I was doing law. I, I couldn't drop out of law at that time. And I hated law so much that I started like a student publication just because I hated law so much. I was like, I want to do something not law related. I want to do something that I love, that being media, create a student publication, Grew that to one of Australia and New Zealand's biggest student publications with 45 contributors across ANZ. And from there, I hit the pain point that StoryPress tries to solve, that being creating a new site's really hard. And secondly, the bigger headache was that managing a content team across two continents is even bloody harder, <laughs> right? It's like, why can't there be a platform that kind of just integrates both of these things? A great developer experience to create a great content site 
go to really bottom content site, like what Vox Media is doing, right? And having inbuilt content workflow tools so that I don't have to spend twice my time as the editor-in-chief repeating work, copy and pasting thing from Excel, copy and pasting Google Docs into like the, into the CMS. So that started off a journey where I was like, how hard could this be? I'm just going to build a CMS from scratch. I don't know how to code, by the way. Went down the journey. I was like, I'm going to find a co-founder. No one wanted to be my co-founder because first they said there's no money in media. And secondly, they were like, you're 21 years old. I'm not going to work with you. <laughs> and, um, eventually, I found my way into finding my two co-founders, Kevin and David. We spent two years building the MVP. We attracted a little bit of venture capital and we're about to launch in next year in February. So that's the whole journey so far. Okay. So one thing I should have asked you before, I know that you said, you know, you get these sites up, you know, for $16 a month. Are you also hosting? Are you doing hosting? Yes. We're doing hosting the whole gamut. Okay. So if I, you know, if I had a small publication and I went to you and say, you know, build me a website or you just sort of give me the tools to build that website. We give you the tools to build your website. Okay. So I know at least know, I should know what I want going into it i should i I want to make sure that i have this 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 and this okay but for larger larger enterprise customers we also offer services where we also help you with implementation and best practice in terms of editorial digital editorial design okay how many customers do you have now yeah we have over 900 sign-offs and we have around 20 active publications on us so we're still very very early but when we launch in february we're working with a couple of bigger ones right now okay all right. You know, this is really interesting. We don't get an often get a chance to talk on the technical side of, of websites. And I'm sure that a lot of people who are writing for news publications have something they dislike about the platform they're working on. There are things I like about WordPress. There are things I don't like about WordPress. Out of curiosity, like what do you love about WordPress? What do I love about WordPress? I do like the ability to, I think... The theme issue is is kind of a, a double-edged sword because on the one hand, I like the idea of being able to, you know, swap out a different theme provided my site isn't so complex and just sort of get a different feel. I like the freedom of that. I like the, the freedom of the fact that you've got lots of different creative people who are looking and giving you different options. Now, I understand that you have like 100 themes, I think is what you said available for people who come into your site. So that's one of the things I like about it. I like the fact that it, if I want to have a blog, I can have a blog. If I want to make something a little more robust, I can. It doesn't have to be very complex. I'm not somebody who likes necessarily a lot of bells and whistles on a website, but... I think the real thing that we should focus on, so you said you like the idea of swapping out to a theme, provided your site isn't that complex, right? Provided your site isn't that complex. But eventually, every single media company, eventually they grow to be really complex. And then you've got a real headache on your hands, right? Or why can't I load in a story the same way that I did two weeks ago? Exactly, exactly. And that kind of pain point that every single publisher has experienced. It's like, why is it that I can't swap out to a new, new thing, right? It's a technical reason for that. It's because the back end and the front end on WordPress is very, very tightly glued together. And when you architect a web app like that, it makes moving around different bits and pieces really hard. Once you've kind of set in stone, you're set in stone WordPress and change anything kind of tends to fall apart. 
StoryPress brings in a new architectural paradigm called headless. I'm sure many of your, your listeners have heard of the term headless thrown around, right? We bring it to publishers and we make headless really, really easy for publishers that these pain points that you just talked about, for example, you like the idea of swapping out to a different theme, provided the site isn't complex. You never need to worry about how complex your site is on WordPress. You have that limitless scalability, limitless flexibility without having to care about backwards compatibility. That's probably my chief annoying point. I mean, other things, you know, are little things that are actually easy fixes, but you know, because we've been at a point where we need, we've been needing to update our website for a while. So we're looking for different solutions. So this might be something we, that we explore with our website. We will see. Anyway, you know, good luck on your, I guess, your launch in February. Thank you for coming on the podcast. This is really kind of interesting. I said we don't usually get into the back end as much as we should. But since this is all the playground that we all play in, this is something we, you know, let's try to find solutions to fix some of the frustrations that we have. Alex, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much, Michael. Pleasure. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter. You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere good podcasts are found. If you'd like to help us grow our podcast, like and share our episodes on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Capre wrote our theme music. Emilio Brust helped with our booking. Steph Thomas is our social media manager. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening.